You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to episode 46 of the Brilliant Sports Podcast. My name is Dan Kurtz, and I'm joined by my co-host, the man, the myth, and always a legend, Aaron Riley. Aaron, uh, second week in a row. Feels good to kind of get into a flow here uh, on the pod, but a uh, lot we'll to talk about. Got to get to NBA, have to get to the MLB, obviously. We're going to touch on Jamal Adams, Le'Veon Bell, and the NFL a little bit. Uh, no surprise there. They're making some waves in the media once again for a second straight offseason. Uh, but Aaron, as we sit here on, on June 16th, uh, almost getting to the dog days of summer, we're not quite there yet. How are you, my friend? Um, I'm excited as ever, man. All, all the sports seem to be at a pretty much full throttle. Um, and yeah, I'm just ready to, to kick it off and, and talk some talk some hoops today off the top of the show. And now for today's topics. Full throttle. Uh, you know who's not full throttle is Ben Simmons. No, I'm just kidding. We'll get, we'll get into the Sixers series first. I know Aaron uh, has some choice words for our, our friends in Philadelphia as they take on the Atlanta Hawks. Certainly we'll touch on the Suns and them sweeping. Uh, the Nuggets touch on Kawhi, touch on KD, touch on it all. Aaron, why don't you take it away here and we can uh, break down the Sixers series as it, as it stands now. Yeah, so so an interesting series to say the absolute least. Um, a lot of people, I think, coming in thought the Sixers would just have their ways with the with the Atlanta Hawks. That that's not been the case at all. Uh, it's now tied up two games apiece. Uh, Atlanta taking the last game. Uh, so, you know, an ongoing problem with Ben Simmons is like he'll have a game where he drives the basketball. He he looks like he's maybe a LeBron. James esque. I'm not going to go to that level. A lot oh. of people make that comparison, but um, you know, he just he's not the shooter LeBron is. No matter how you feel about LeBron, I, I'm not a huge fan to say the least. But um, yeah, he's not he's not the player LeBron is. But besides the point, I mean, he can he can do a lot for you. I mean, he's a versatile player. But um, you know, when you put up 11 points in a game that Atlanta, I think, only shot like 30 something percent from from the three and, and low forties from the field. Um, and you, you just can't, that's not good enough for me. That's not good enough for the city of Philadelphia. I mean, a lot of people are, are definitely coming for Ben Simmons head right now. Uh, it, it, like I said, this is an ongoing issue. He doesn't want to shoot. Uh, a lot of teams will even give him two to three feet no matter where he's at the three line or, or, uh, you know, inside the perimeter, he, he just, they give him the space to shoot. He's not, he doesn't pull up. It's just if, if you're not going to do that, then you got to find a way to drive the ball. And he didn't really do much of that either. So, um, you know, it just puts a team in a, a volatile position. I mean, you got you got Dwight Howard 
I don't even know how old he is. He's probably like 35, 36, maybe a little younger, but uh, he comes in for 12 minutes, gives you seven points and 10 boards. Simmons plays 36 minutes and only gives you 11 points and 12 boards. So it's just to give you a kind of perspective on, on that performance. Um, obviously, Joel Embiid is a guy that is an absolute double-double machine uh, when healthy, but uh, obviously he's, he's fatigued by that knee. He, he even said early in the game, like his back's hurting him. Hurting him. So I don't know, man. Uh, Joel Embiid just seems to be one of those guys that can never – fully stay healthy he's kind of like Anthony Davis in that respect that just they're always they're, they're seven footers they're they're always banged up in some aspect and and he definitely uh was just jacking up shots that, that he probably shouldn't have uh and, yeah. and really that that resulted in a three-point loss and, and now you're looking at uh a tied up series with with an Atlanta team that when I swear to god that they kind of remind me of the Warriors and the fact that when they get hot from the three line it's like how in the world are you going to stop them because they just three after three after three after three. Um, this past game, they didn't even shoot that well, but uh, it's almost more concerning that they, they didn't shoot too well and they, they still found a way to win. So we'll see. Uh, the only other thing I'll add to that is Clint Capello was kind of talking trash after the game. Uh, I don't think he's really deserving to talk trash. The guy's not that good, in, in my <laughs> opinion. So he, he's kind of like, well, if you if you piss off Embiid and if you irritate Embiid, like basically just saying um, – just basically getting under uh, Embiid's skin, he will uh, come unraveled. I, I don't know. I mean, it, there's some truth to that, but uh, when Embiid is healthy, he would absolutely push Clint Cabell off the court. So, um, yeah, that, that's about all I got, but definitely an interesting series. And and then I guess it wouldn't be Philadelphia sports if it wasn't, you know, if there wasn't an injury and an, and an injury to a key piece on the team there. Yeah, so we – so, yeah, that, Clint Capella, I love his tra- his trash talk. It's very funny, mainly because I don't have a dog in the fight in this series. I mean, he was nasty on Houston. I feel like now he kind of sucks. I mean, 12 points, 6 or 9 field goals, 13 rebounds. Like, it's – I mean, it's basically kind of what in line with, with what Embiid did last game. I mean, Embiid, you know, has an injury, obviously has probably a few injuries, that, and, and a lot of the history there is is probably one that – the fans aren't privy to as much, but him going four for 20 from the field is, you know, is disastrous to, to, to put mm-hmm. it lightly. Uh, I mean, did have 20 on rebounds, obviously ended up with 17 points. I think, you know, obviously from, from the three throw line there, but to go for to go four for 20, I mean, and lose by three points um, as your best player, I think, Yes, Simmons. Simmons aside, going five for ten, shooting fifty percent, twelve rebounds, eleven points. Uh, maybe you'd like to see him get to the line a little bit more. Um, you know, draw, I feel like, like you said, he always gets two to three feet. You know, to put up a shot, and and obviously, you know, every time he gets the ball, their rim protectors galore, and Clint Capella and the Sharks are circling there. But uh, to me, if you're a Sixers fan and you see Embiid go four for twenty, uh, maybe if he can just make that extra pass or two or, or think about his shot selection a little bit further. Uh, I think you're probably sitting in pretty good position. And and to mention Philly's Philly's bench real quick um, for, for, for Dwight Howard to get seven points. I think he led their bench actually Milton at, you know, had eight points. I, I think they just need more from, from those guys. Uh, I can't really give you much insight into how those guys have been uh, performing all season, but to have five guys come off your bench and, and, you know, for them to have eight, seven, five, three, and two points respectively, I think you might need a little bit more from them. To be honest, the, the Atlanta bench isn't much better. You have Gallinari there, you have Snell, you have Williams, but uh, they didn't really do much either. So I feel like that's kind of a wash. Your starters just need to be better, and, and Bede going four for 20 is 
I mean, injury aside is, is absolutely piss poor. Yeah. And he, and yeah, exactly. He, he missed a, a pretty, I mean, it, the guy was defended, but um, I believe Capella was on him, um, you know, at the end of the game there, he could have at least tied the game uh, and really just absolutely bricked it. I don't, I think he was rushing the shot. I, I don't know. It, it just, it looked robotic. It didn't look like Embiid in, in, in his good form. So I don't know. We'll see this. This next game is obviously a hugely important game for the series and, and even more important for, for the Sixers going forward, because if they find a way to lose this series, that's just not going to go over well with the fan base. Like I already know it. Um, I'm, I'm just kind of like paneling down the stats real, real quick. The Atlanta shot 30% from, from three uh, and then 36 from the field and they still found a way to win. So that that's just <clears throat> disastrous to say the least. Um, and the only other thing that, that was it's absolutely insane is uh, Atlanta only had four turnovers the entire game, which is Sheesh. like unheard of. Uh, and Philly had 12. 12 isn't even horrible for, for four yeah, quarters. Yeah, not bad. But uh, when you can't, you know, when you can't get I, – I mean, Philly had six blocks, but, you, you know, Atlanta only have four turnovers. It's, it's, it's just a recipe for disaster. I, I don't know. They just – Philly came out flat. Korkmaz – uh, wasn't consistent at all. He was in the starting lineup. He didn't really produce at all. And, uh, you know, Danny Green's injured. So it's just, I don't know. We'll, we'll see that a lot of people thought Philly was like, you know, an absolute uh, powerhouse and things. I, I definitely, I saw some flaws just because, you know, you don't have that many shooters on the team. Right. You know, like if, if Seth Curry isn't, isn't banging them, if, if Tobias isn't knocking at least the mid range down, I mean, you, you got Embiid out there who obviously produces, but, other than that, I mean, you got Ben Simmons. You don't know what you're going to get. You got Korkmaz. You don't know what you're going to get. Shake Milton's, uh, you know, inconsistent. He can be on fire. But, um, yeah, it's 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 problematic. And, and Atlanta's definitely, uh, you know, taking advantage of, of Philly's miscues up to this point. Yeah, no, I, I think you broke that down quite well. Um, yeah, Seth, Seth Curry, every, every time I, I see his name there, I always, you know, he has, yeah, I have a soft spot for him. I feel like he's always in, in Steph's shadow. But I completely forgot about Danny Green. How long, how long is he out for? Uh, honestly, I don't even know because I didn't, I mean, I know he was, uh, I'm, I'm going to have the research. Uh, no, we'll get the research department out there. On him. Yeah. Have, we'll, have them. we'll get them out there. <laughs> if, I mean, if he, if he, if he didn't dress, obviously it seems pretty, uh, pretty severe i mean i feel like every injury under the sun is severe in the nba these days everyone's sitting on the playoffs for you know which seems odd to me um but hey you know can't fault them they're pro athletes um no, that was a great breakdown when, when do they play uh what tomorrow night or tonight tonight yeah tonight is uh is the yep tonight <clears throat> yep hawks sixers jazz clippers uh no Kawhi Leonard um so that's that's obviously an easy dub for the Jazz playoff P we talked about him last time uh do I think he can carry a team on his own absolutely not um I I mean if the Jazz don't win this game um I mean it also sounded like Kawhi was going to be out for a little bit longer than than just tonight but if the Jazz cannot win this game I think you gotta you gotta pack it in uh they lost I think they won the first two lost the last two um, last game, Kawhi and Paul George both scored 31. Uh, Kawhi had one of the sickest in-game dunks I've ever seen live, especially in the playoffs, which was unbelievable. He had a hilarious quote after. He was like um, – someone was asking about the social media hype that his dunk got, and he, he went on to say, uh, no, I did not catch any of the 
the fanfare that I got on the web. Literally used the, the term the web. So that leads me to believe he's absolutely serious about not being on social media. Um, but again, if they can't win without Kawhi, I mean, if you look at if you look at last game's box score, like I said, Paul George scores 31. Um, uh, Kawhi also scores 31. Morris, you know, Morris Senior put in put in 24, which is which is pretty decent. But after that, I mean, Batum didn't do anything. Jackson didn't do anything. Um, and no one on the bench really gave them much, even though they pretty much used everybody. P. Bev had two points, uh, so nothing nothing crazy there. I feel like without Williams, you know, they really have not great depth scoring. So to lose Kawhi, you're, you're basically losing like, a, you know, a, a good, per, a good percentage of your, of your team's output. So uh, again, if the jazz can't win, uh, I don't really know what they're doing, but uh, that's just my take on it. Yeah. I, I'm really becoming like uh, almost a believer in curses and, and things of that nature, just because the Clippers seem to like, it seems to be their year. Like they're, and, and they even came back two to nothing in the uh, Dallas series won that series. Now they come back to nothing in this series, tie it up, uh, have all the momentum and then bang Kawhi Leonard looks like he's going to be out at least this game. Um, you know, if, if he's out the entire series or, or, you know, at least the, the whole playoff, uh, scenario, I mean, that's just disastrous for the Clippers. Um, I'll get, I'll give it the playoff P I mean, this year he seems to be on a different, a different level. I mean, he just seems zoned in. He, he's really putting up almost 30 points a game at will, uh, almost every night. So, um, yeah, he, he's definitely doing his part, but like you said, I mean, without your, another major scorer, you know, arguably the best player on the team, um, you know, that, that's a serious problem, especially against this jazz team who, when they're kind of like Atlanta, I mean, when they get rolling from three, it's like, you can't stop it. You can't, there's, you guys got to stop the bleeding somehow, some way by, by scoring just as much. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's disastrous for, for the Clippers. If, if Leonard's out more than a game, even even the one game, I mean, you might see him get absolutely waxed. It, it's highly possible um, against this Jazz squad, who, you know, Donovan Mitchell just absolutely doing his thing. Oh yeah, uh, Rudy Gobert, uh, kind of underachieving in my opinion in this series so far. But um, you know, he might have one of those games where he puts up 20-25 and gives you 12-14 rebounds, that type of thing. Um, Jordan Clarkson, I mean, that team is just. There's a lot of guys that I don't even feel like get get the time of day as far as uh you know how much respect they should get. Yeah. Uh, you know Bogdanovich, another guy just absolutely lethal from Go. three. So, um, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. I mean, I th- I think I don't know if this is the same knee uh, that when he was on the Spurs or you know he had a thigh bruise and he had a knee problem. He always he's another I'm guy who just always have something wrong with with one of his knees or his, his lower body is just it seems like destroyed. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. And, you know, we'll see going forward if Kawhi Leonard remains a Clipper, maybe, maybe we saw him play the last game. I, I, who knows? You know, it's just, who knows at this point? Who knows? He, he, he told teammates that, uh, allegedly they have to prepare to play tonight without him and that he might be out for longer. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they play Wednesday as we're talking and then they play again. Um, I believe on Friday. So if he's out for, you know, three days right then and there, that's, that's two games. Um, and the, you know, if, if they can somehow squeak one out, maybe he's back for, for a game seven, game six, whatever, however the schedule shakes out, then, then maybe, um, that's kind of where you're, where you're looking at. But, uh, yeah, obviously a massive blow. I can't think of a player, you know, more important to his team right now, maybe outside of like, uh, Embiid outside of a Trey Young, 
Uh, you could probably throw Durant in that argument right now just because Kyrie is out and then Harden was banged up last night. Um, but yeah, I, I certainly don't trust playoff P. So that's, that's a, that'll be fascinating to watch. Um, I did mention KD. Uh, they were losing by like 20 points in the first half last night, came back and won by six to the Bucks uh, to take a 3-2 series lead. Did you happen to catch uh, any highlights or any of this action by chance, Aaron? Yeah, I, I did watch this game down the stretch. I, I was kind of lucky enough to, to see that, you know, Kevin Durant just, just torching them left and right pretty much all game long, played every minute. So, uh, Phenomenal game. Jeff Green out of nowhere, 27 points, seven for eight from three. Uh, I saw a pretty cool picture. They actually got drafted the same year, I believe, both to the Supersonics. <laughs> so they had a picture of the two of them in their practice facility holding up both their jerseys. Um, so it's kind of funny to see Jeff Green come full circle. Whenever I hear his name, I always think of, you know, Jeff Green on, on the Cavs teams who, you know, lost in the finals every year with, with LeBron. And he's definitely bounced around he's with the Celtics for a little bit, I think, and has bounced around. But uh, this box score for both teams is like absolutely absurd. Um, on the one end, you have Durant who had 49. Blake Griffin had 17. Jeff Green had 27. Nobody else really did much. And then on the other side, Giannis had 34, Chris Middleton had uh, 25, and then Drew Holiday had 19. Outside of that, Brooke Lopez had had 15. But um, pretty much a tale of two halves, I think, if you're the Bucs and you're up 18 on a team, you know, obviously Kyrie's out, like I just mentioned. Harden was hurt. Um, he only had five points. One for 10, 0 for 8 from three, which is absolutely hilarious. But, again, he is hurt, I believe, so he had to cut him some some slack, I guess. Uh, but to be up 18 points and then to lose by six, I mean, it's not like the Nets scored a ton of points. They ended up with 114. Um, so all you really had to do was was score at somewhat of an efficient rate in the second half, and you probably took this game by ease. But, um, yep, the, the, the Nets are now up 3-2. Um, so you, you'd have to think, you know, if Kyrie's out the next game, you know, obviously the Bucks have a chance. and, and it, But it does give Harden another couple of days to rest and then, um, hopefully, I guess you're hoping if you're the Bucks, you can figure out a way to win and and recapture that first half magic. But um, do you think this is kind of the end for for the Bucks for this year? I I think maybe they squeak one more out. Uh, okay, I, I don't know. They they were in this game the entire the entire time, pretty much. Uh, obviously, they had a huge lead even at one point. So I don't think they're like insanely overmatched I think they just kind of fell apart last night um you know nothing to take away from the Nets they definitely they balled out um you know KD playing every single minute and and just a triple double uh with 49 points 17 rebounds and 10 assists that's just that's insanity um um, yeah but I I don't know what I take away from this game is Giannis like at the end of the game Giannis made a a crucial mistake like they pass on the ball it just kind of like goes between it like he dribbles it for half a second goes between his legs and then it's going the other way I don't I don't know if he was just like the pressure got to him or if he was overthinking I, I'm not sure there I, I kind of feel bad for Giannis just because he's he's kind of always leading this team to where they can get and and they just keep hitting the wall keep hitting the wall year after year um, and now this team's pretty deep if you look at it um, yeah, they are. I'll say one thing his, his brother's just absolutely almost next to useless the guy comes in uh <laughs> he checks in for one minute immediately one commits minute. a foul then checks out then comes back in then checks out again I, I don't know what that was about if the coach was like I've seen enough I, I don't I'm not I don't know but uh him and, and, and like PJ Tucker that guy needs I to do something PJ Tucker I mean he's just he's zero like a, points oh for I, two, I don't three. know I, I'll say this like I think they most of the game they had 
they had Middleton on on KD. Middle, I mean, I know KD scored like a million points, but Middleton was in his face like every shot. That's just you can't, you know. At, yeah, at one point, he was just hot. Yeah, he, he you know, it's like the two K, the hot, the hot meter, the, the the flame emoji, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, he he just he could not miss. Um, but yeah, I, I thought Middleton actually played good defense. He just got smoked because KD was on fire. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I'm the if I'm the Bucks, like I, I'm moving PJ Tucker after this year. I don't care what it takes. Uh, guy is almost next to useless as well. Just, I mean, he played 33 minutes, didn't even score two points. Uh, he had four rebounds. So I, I don't know what I don't know what you can do with that. Um, yeah, I, I think I think the Bucks, like if they can come out on fire and just keep Brooklyn kind of, you know, it, it maybe in the game but not. Um, you know, don't fall if you fall down to Brooklyn. Like if you if they get a good lead on you, I mean, I think it's over. But um, right. if they play, if if the Bucks come out this game like they did last game, um, they can definitely win and, and push at least another game out of this series. Um, but it, that's really what, in my opinion, what it's going to take is, is them just coming out to a, a good start. And you know, I, I don't know if, if if Harden, like you said, I don't know if he'll struggle again I, I probably would say I doubt it um at least to the extent well, he can't be he can't be that bad he can't be worse exactly so yeah I don't know man I, I this is a, actually a, a pretty good series in my opinion I a lot of people like ruled the bucks out but they're, they're definitely in it it's just oh yeah I, right there I, I feel right like there. there are still a couple pieces away I, I these pieces aren't like Middleton oh, and also the other team has James Harden and I know yeah I'm I'm just saying like you gotta you gotta keep up and and you gotta like you gotta load if if this is how the NBA is I mean you gotta load your roster accordingly yeah. and then PJ Tucker isn't it uh, I mean Brooke Lopez is okay I don't think he's uh, serviceable I mean, know what you got. yeah exactly so I don't know man I, who is uh, who is guarding Jeff Green I mean I, I guess if you're gonna give 49 points to KD when Kyrie's out and, and Harden's on one leg I guess you kind of have to understand that but whoever whoever gave Jeff Green 27 points should be off the team immediately damn uh yeah that's a that's another one for the i i should know i watched the game but um, i mean if he has 27 he, he got hot at some point i'm sure they switched him around like it's probably pj tucker to be honest with you not getting it done <laughs> on the offensive side or the defensive side. <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, I'm not sure that that guy he's always been a little bit like he can go off out of nowhere though so i yeah, i wasn't yeah. like shocked by it but i mean seven for eight seven for eight so that that shocked that's uh, I mean, and they have Joe Harris, who is arguably the best, you know, catch and shoot guy outside of like a prime Kyle Korver and, and Clay Thompson, in my opinion. And he only had yeah. five points, I think. So it, it just goes to show you when that team's fully healthy, there's no one touching them, no matter who you throw at them. So, so for them, for, for the Bucks to squander that lead, it just makes it that much worse because there's no chance, like we said, Harden's playing worse. Joe Harris probably isn't playing worse. You'd have to think that Jeff Green comes back to earth. Maybe KD comes back to earth a little bit, but uh, to be honest, I think that one hurts if you're a Bucks fan. Yeah, that they, that they had every chance to put them away, and and at the end of the game, you know, it was almost like the Embiid play. It was like, how do you not make that play if you're Giannis? But um, I'm a, I'm a big Giannis guy. I'm a I'm a fan, so it's disappointing. Oh, yeah. But um, I don't know. The, the Nets are the Nets are the Nets, and it, it, like you can't really make mistakes. And then you have Blake Griffin out there looking like he's yeah, like, not to mention Blake. It's just, it reminds me, dude, it gives me a bad taste in my mouth because it's almost like the Buccaneers to me. Like, it's just, yeah, it's a dude. They, they load the roster. Basically, the U.S. Olympic team from like 2012. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's just, 
it's too much for me. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's getting old. And now, especially if you, if, if Philly gets through the series and Embiid's not healthy and they have to go to the Nets, I mean, they, I don't think they really have a chance at all. So, um, no, yeah, you know, if I'm, if I'm a betting man, I'd probably take the Nets to, to the finals at least. And, and from there, I mean, they could, they could definitely even win it. I mean, it's, it's just disappointing, but we'll yeah. see what happens. Obviously they, they got more games to play and, you know, more series to play. So, it's it's still uh, it's still anybody's race, but it, it's it's tough to to hang with the Brooklyn Nets for for an entire game. It really is. That's for sure. Um, as PJ Tucker would know. Um, <laughs> I think the only other series we didn't talk about was was Suns Nuggets. I mean, this wrapped up Sunday night. We sit here talking on Wednesday, so it was a few days ago. Uh, but the Suns did end up closing out the Nuggets in four. Um, Devin Booker absolutely goes off in game four. Uh, so does Chris Ball. Chris Ball at, at 37, I think. Um, Devin Booker at 34. Um, Aiden chips in 12. Miles Bridges uh, chips in 14. He's been pretty good for them this year. He, he's the guy that was that Philly drafted, and his mom works for the organization, and then they traded him like 15 minutes later on draft night to, 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 to Phoenix. Do I have that right, or am I just completely off base? Say that one more. Sorry. I, so Miles My, Bridges, uh, I think he played at Villanova. Mikael Bridges, I'm sorry, played, at, played at Villanova from Philly. His mom is like head of HR for the 76ers. He gets drafted to Philly on draft night. This is like, I don't know, three or four years ago, maybe even longer than that. Uh, like 15, 20 minutes later, they announced a trade with the Phoenix Suns. He's all celebrating wearing the Phillies, wearing the 76ers hat. His mom's there too. He gets traded to Phoenix. And they get some other guy. I have no idea, but uh, he, Zaire Smith, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's lighting up for for the Suns now, and and would have filled a need for for Philly, and I think would have been a nice fit on this team. So I just wanted to mention that that kind of salt in the wound to Philly fans that this guy's lighting up. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. A bad trade on there. I mean, I don't. Honest to God, I mean, maybe I'm just missing the boat, but I don't even know who Zaire Smith is. I, I've heard that name. I'm not going to lie. I, I've had yeah, so somewhere, Yeah, somewhere along the lines. But, um, you know, I, I see it on the court, at least. Mikel, Mikel Bridge is absolutely balling. So, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be beneficial for Philly. I mean, it, it's already beneficial for the Suns. So, we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, you're, you're, you're dead on with the, uh, you know, uh, family relation working for the Sixers and then he, he's from Malvern PA which isn't too far from us either right so. that's yeah hey it, it all the stars aligned and then they just pissed it away but <laughs> yeah it's, it happens that's what they do. <laughs> yeah no kind of kind of tough for the Nuggets obviously I think they had a, they had a great season um, Jokic obviously getting the MVP to, to kind of cap off um, his nice season there but you know they actually have a, a lot of random people on that team they, you know they've uh Austin Rivers, they have McGee, Millsap, obviously, Bull Bull, um, not to mention their, their starters with MPJ, uh, they have Morris, Barton, Gordon. That's a that's a like a just an assortment of characters on on one team. So uh but can't really I mean, I guess it's it's kind of a nice season for them. Um anytime the Nuggets go far, it's always a surprise. But um it's always nice when small market teams like like these meet up and and have I guess decent basketball played, um, but it, it does kind of stink that they got sucked in four. But I, I have no doubt that they'll be back next year. I mean, they were 47 and 25 in the regular season. So, um, yeah, no doubt that that they're probably set up for success for the next few years here. Yeah, I, I was absolutely – I mean, maybe I'm just downplaying how good the Suns are, but 
Um, yeah, I, I'm absolutely shocked that the Nuggets got swept. I thought, I thought they'd win like two two games in this series. I really, I just, I thought they that that roster is really deep to me. Um, it is. I, I just, I don't know what what seemed to come apart. I mean, obviously Chris Paul being healthy at least for that series. You know, we'll get into him. You know, going forward, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. If I'm a Nuggets fan, I'm kind of dumbfounded on what the hell happened. You know how we fell apart, uh, especially with them getting Aaron Gordon in the mid- middle of the season there before the deadline. Um, you know, it's just that obviously, you know, you don't have your your star point guard uh, Jamal Murray. Uh, that, that's a big loss, but even still, I mean, you got if you have Jokic, uh, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon. Uh, I mean, even just those guys themselves, I mean, they're, they're scoring machines. Um, so, yeah, it, it's definitely surprising that the Suns are as hot as they are. But, um, you know, that just kind of it, it appreciate you can appreciate how good Chris Paul really is and, you know, how good of a, a scorer Devin Booker has become as well. He he like reminds me so much of Clay Thompson to me, like just I every time I see him play, it's almost like it's Clay out there to me. So I, I don't know. Um, yeah, so, Suns are just riding the momentum train all the way through so far. No, I, yeah, I, I love that. I, and I failed to mention Jamal Murray. Obviously, yeah, right now, I, you know, if they can keep this team intact, I, I'm, I'm not going to pretend to know their their contracts or, or upcoming free agents or, or salary cap situation. Um, but if they can keep that team, I mean, Monte Morris, you know, playing – Point guard for them, I, I don't think, you know, I mean, scored 19 points. He's only 25 years old. I think he'll be a good reserve for them in the future. So uh, if, if they can get, you know, Barton out of there maybe or someone to replace with Jamal Murray, I'm not sure who, who exactly replaced in that starting lineup. But um, I, I think they're they're actually – they're absolutely going to be lethal, especially if they can keep Gordon and he can perform and, and MPJ keeps uh, – you know, keeps uh, developing as, as he has been these past couple of years, I think they'll, they'll be a pretty decent team. So it's something to watch out, you know, kind of, kind of in the off season and, and next year for sure. But uh, it just seems like the West, like top six teams are just so loaded right now. It's crazy, but good for the Suns, Nonetheless, happy for them. All right, Aaron, somehow we, we squeezed out almost half an hour uh, of basketball talk, but Let's head over to the MLB. Um, last week's last week's pod, we talked about this spider tack, this foreign substance situation. Um, we did say, I think, last week that uh, the MLB was going to somewhat correct itself um, and, and probably hand down some legislation, for lack of a better term, and, and actually make this official. Um, they did just that the other day. I think if, if they catch a player, uh, pitcher rather, with, with a foreign substance, um, I think it's a 10-game suspension, a um, couple of things, couple of things on that, and we'll, we'll have some player reactions to get to, and and some repercussions and ripple effects throughout the league. Um, but for them, as we sit here on June sixteenth, uh, to come out midseason, almost as we near the All Star break, um, and hand down this this ruling, it makes no sense to me. Um, I think all these issues should should be corrected in the off season. Um, Tre- Trevor Bauer um, echoed that same sentiment. I think he said he he would rather see them do something in the off season rather than have guys potentially switch up their routine, get hurt, et cetera, like Tyler Glasnow did, um, you know, mid-season, then, then you'd rather, you know, switch that up in the offseason. I think I have to agree with him there. Um, it, you know, we mentioned this last week. It's these foreign substances and the spider tack and anything to kind of get more grip on the ball or get a better feel for for the baseball has been done for the last 50-plus years. Um, so for someone to use sunscreen or, or rosin bag or – 
you know, chalk or spider tack or pine tar, you know, obviously there are varying degrees of the foreign substances that are, that are used throughout the league. But, uh, you know, for someone to get suspended for 10 games for using sunscreen on a baseball, uh, to me, doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, and also the fact that the umpires have to regulate this in addition to all the other duties that they have, you know, kind of in game, uh, to me just, you know, kind of makes no sense, but, um, we'll get to, we'll get to Glasnow's, um, comments in a second, but what are your, what are your initial take, um, on this Aaron and, and the 10 game suspension that might get handed down to some players who get caught red handed? Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with them, like, outlawing the, the substances, you know, if that's the direction they want to go. I, I, I kind of understand that to a certain degree. I mean, it's, it you know, it, it definitely gives them an advantage. I'll say that. You know, I, I'm not completely, you know, against the players at the same time, but I, I get why, you know, MLB wants to do that to a certain degree. But, you know, you bring up the fact they're, they're trying to implement this stuff midseason, and that's like that's just – horrible timing on their part. Uh, I just think it, it's, you know, just because it, it hit the mainstream media now, now it's like everybody's overreacting. Everybody's like, you know, scrambling to, to rectify this issue overnight. That's just kind of asinine to me. Um, you know, obviously you get, you now you have Tyler Glasnow, like one of the best pitchers in the game comes out uh, and, and pitches. What was it? Just, just last night. Yeah. Just last yeah. night. Um you know, a team that, that's first in the AL East, you know, this is a guy that, you know, they're, they're relying on to give them quality start after quality start. He comes out uh, and, you know, gets, you know, comes out of the game. Uh, it's revealed that he has a partial UCL tear and a flexor strain. So anytime you hear like CL and, and tear in the same, you know, sentence, it's never a good thing. Um, it, it's just a shame. He, he even commented, he said, you know, he said, um, I truly believe uh, the reason I got hurt is because I had to change my mechanics to make up for the fact that I'm not using the substance anymore. So now, uh, like I just threw 80 innings and, and then you tell me I can't use anything in the middle of the year. I had to change everything. I've been doing this entire season and I'm telling you, this is why I got hurt. So uh, yeah, it's a problem. I mean, it, especially like a guy like that, I, I genuinely feel bad for, even if it was, Garrett Cole and, and I can't stand the Yankees, but if, if it's Garrett Cole, you know, I'll feel bad for the guy if they sustain injury because right. MLB is like out of left field, like bang, let's, let's implement this and let, let's suspend players if they're doing it. Uh, it. It's just creating so many problems so quickly. And, and I don't think that's going to stop. I mean, I think a lot of these pitchers might start getting lit up that you didn't see before, just because, I mean, there's no doubt that substance gave them an edge and, like I said, I have no problem going away from it, but uh, when you're going to do it in the middle of the season, that's that's just that's really stupid and 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 actually reckless because now watch more and more players get hurt as well. Yeah, it, you're. I mean, you're, you're, yeah, hundred percent. You're you're basically asking these guys to adjust on the fly. Um, they've been accustomed to a routine for probably most of their baseball life. I mean, I'm not exactly sure, you know, youth baseball wise when substances get introduced, hopefully it's not at the, at the youth level, hopefully it's not at the high school level, but um, you know, these guys that, are, that have been in the league like glass now for a little bit here, we're, we're probably talking about 10 to 15 years. Um, we've been playing around with substances, play around with what works, what doesn't work for you. And then mid season, all of a sudden before, you know, a couple of days before your start or the day of your start, um, you have to change up your routine all of a sudden, obviously there's, 
there's room for error there, room for injury. And, and you know, in the case of Tyler Glasnow, him, you know, suffering a, a tear in the UCL among some other things, obviously is, is worst case scenario. But I think you can attribute that to, to the ruling that's that's been handed down. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yes, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure how deep rooted the issue was in baseball. Maybe this is kind of the last straw and they really had to find a way to get this somewhat out of the game and somewhat regulated. Uh, but to me, to, to kind of hand this down mid season and force guys to change the drop of that just does not make sense. I mean, maybe even wait till the all-star break. I don't know. Uh, but it, it, it seems like just over the last week, um, just because the whole Garrett Cole stuff came out and, and people are actually starting to, to talk about it more, it seems that it's been reactionary more than anything else. And when you go back to when Aaron and I were talking off there about the Astros and how none of those players got suspended, it was just the managers and, and the front office and some of their staff and, and other coaches. Um, not one single player got a game um, for, for their part in the video stealing and the sign stealing and all that stuff back in 2017. Yes. The organization got a hefty fine. Yes. A lot of members in the organization um, who even some members who had moved on to other organizations obviously got some punishments handed down upon them. Uh, but not one player saw time um, got or saw suspension or saw really anything for, for their, you know, play and all of that. And, and obviously you can make the argument that it was the coaches who were sign stealing, but you know, they, they let it happen. I think uh, anytime, you know, you, you are part of something like that as an organization, I think you have to place the blame on everybody and you can't pick and choose who gets to blame. So for none of those guys, you get suspended. And then, you know, for the MLB a couple of years later to turn around, suspend a guy for putting sunscreen on a baseball um, during a couple innings to me uh, makes absolutely no sense. And um, yeah, I, I think that's just kind of the sentiment in the league is, is if they were consistent and if they handed down, you know, hefty punishments upon some of the Astros players, I think you can probably swallow this situation a little bit more and, and maybe you're at peace with it. Uh, but for just the double standard, I think that Major League Baseball is putting down upon these guys just really doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah, no, you 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 hit the nail on the head. I mean, it, it's just I I don't know. I don't know if it's a commissioner's decision. I mean, obviously they got all to you know all the the high ups in baseball got together and, and came to this conclusion to to make these suspensions you know mid season and things. But it's just I I it's just asinine to me to say the least. It, it just it's not, it's not smart for, for all parties. It's just not. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. That's, that's kind of, that's kind of baseball. I, I think uh, for, for the most part, uh, the Yankees are doing terribly right now. Uh, I'm not sure how your Orioles are doing, but um, really <laughs> once we, what's that? I said, you don't even want to know, man. We're, we're... Yeah. I, I keep up with the Phillies as well a little bit, just just because, and and they're they're okay. I mean, they're they're a 500 club. Uh, the Mets really have that division right now, so yeah, we'll see if they yeah. can keep that up. But good for the Mets. Good for the Mets. They they deserve a W here and there. Um, <laughs> we'll wrap things up today with uh, with the NFL. Um, I think 18 out of the 32 teams had mandatory mini camp start yesterday or start at some point this week. Um, a couple of notable holdouts kind of throughout Stephon Gilmore, uh, star cornerback for the New England Patriots is looking at, uh, he wants a new deal or at least a sweetener. He's, he's coming into the last year of his contract. I think they ended up moving some of his salary that was supposed to be due this year to last year to kind of sweeten the pot. So his argument is that all they really did was move money instead of actually paying him more money. Um, 
So I think he's slated to make around five to seven million, which for arguably the best cornerback in the league is criminally underpaid. Uh, so that's that's worth watching. I feel like every time someone in New England sits out, you always kind of look to Belichick for a reaction. And I think he's just kind of playing playing it coy, playing his cards co- uh, close to his vest because he is dealing with someone who is one of the best players in the NFL. But um, if you look at how he's dealt with kind of no shows and things like that in the past, he's really not dealt with, with that too kindly. Um, I think a lot of guys who have, you know, missed meetings for personal issues and things like that in the past have been punished. So it'll be interesting to see how he deals with Gilmore. And it seems that he's kind of taking um, on a new approach to, to kind of dealing with, with these kinds of situations. And then up in Seattle, uh, my close personal friend Jamal Adams is surprisingly sitting out of, of camp there. Uh, Allegedly, allegedly it's due to a personal issue and I'm not going to, say it's not a personal issue. That's just what I'm, what I'm hearing. Uh, but he does want a new contract as well. Um, it was rumored that he wants to be paid $18 million a year, uh, which for reference, Justin Simmons just got paid by the Broncos and reset the safety market to be paid $15.5 million a year. So uh, for Jamal to ask Seattle when they have to pay a million other guys um, for him to, to ask to get paid $18 million a year seems absolutely ridiculous uh, for a guy who plays close to the line of scrimmage and gets like, seven sacks a year and can't cover tight ends doesn't make much sense to me. Mm. Uh, but that'd be worth, worth, worth watching. Um, certainly as, as we progress. Um, and I'm forever grateful that the jets traded two first round picks and a third round pick, or, or I'm sorry, Seattle traded two first and a third to the jets for Jamal Adams. Um, we have their first round pick next year. It just makes, makes all that much worth it. It makes uh, this storyline worth watching for me, but those are the only two that I really saw. I'm not sure if, if you saw others out there, Aaron, yeah, no, that that I mean, less less of a problem for you at this point, more more of a problem for them. That that's, yeah. I don't know. Like you said, I mean, it's speculation that you know, um, you know, a personal issue might be keeping him out. But uh, this guy, you know, he's kind of the boy that cried wolf in the fact that he he's had so many issues in the past that, you know, it's hard to trust that uh, against you know what what could be the the underlying issue of his contract. Um, I don't know if you want to touch on the the Andy Reid. Um, Andy Reid, oh, yeah. you know, controversy a little bit. I, I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name, which I have no excuse for, but Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon, yeah. See, well, he's kind of irrelevant, so I'll say that. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I, th- I thought Le'Veon Bell kind of, you know, all, was all over the place uh, the last, you know, I would say three or four days. First, he comes out and says, you know, I'll never play for Andy Reid again. Um, you know, he just basically publicly blasts Andy Reid, which I've never heard a player do that in Philly, uh, in Kansas City. No, you know, all these years of Andy Reid being a head coach, I've never heard it. Uh, um, so, I mean, maybe it's some validity to it, but uh, I'm I'm gonna guess that he doesn't. But at the end of the day, then 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 he comes back and says, you know, I, I don't regret what I said. I, I regret kind of going public with it. So. <laughs> I don't know why you just don't like shut up at that point and just right. keep it moving. Um, Cause now you just kind of look worse. Cause I don't regret what I said. Okay. Like no shit. I think you're just trying to cover your image at this point, which, you know, you're, you're kind of, he's kind of washed up in my opinion. I mean, Kansas city didn't use him Like obviously Pittsburgh did like leaned on him constantly. Um, you know, he didn't do a whole lot for the jets either. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't know where you go from here. I don't, maybe he gets picked up from somebody um but he he's not getting a, a big deal no matter where he goes and i don't to, to blast andy reed that's a, that's just a little 
no matter what you feel about the guy, I, I just don't think you're going to look great doing that because nobody else has really done it. Right. Uh, so it's, it's just, it's a questionable decision to say the least. And you know, th this might, uh, this might have negative side effects for him going forward, but we'll see. Oh yeah. I mean, there's no chance he gets picked up. Uh, mm. he, he, no he's chance. like in the camp of, Antonio Brown, these guys just cannot keep their mouth shut and are, are absolute cancer teammates. Um, I mean, I, I kind of thought that when he went to the Chiefs, he would probably prosper because I just thought that little of Adam Gase and where the Jets were at, at that point. Um, but for him to go to the best team in the league um, and really not be able to carve out a role or for them to not carve out a role for him, or at least find some sort of package to get him going, I think that just speaks volumes. I mean, arguably, Andy Reid's the best play caller of all time. Um, certainly – for my money, the best play caller in the league today. Um, I know he only has one ring, but you know, there's some things, I mean, I'm talking offense, obviously. I, you know, I, I think for, for a guy like Le'Veon Bell with all the natural talent that he has for all the, the stats that he's put up and all that he's shown in this league for him to go to the chiefs and not really be able to, to do much, I think speaks volumes more about Le'Veon Bell than it does about Andy Reid. So I think he's just a little bit bitter at this point. Um, but then to, to then shit talk Andy Reid and not shit talk Adam Gase, uh, <laughs> I don't think makes sense at all. Uh, you mean Adam Gase are going to be the worst play caller in NFL history. And you're talking about going from the worst play caller to the best. So can't really be upset with the situation there, obviously coming in mid season to a new team, learning a new playbook, learning a new city, it's not ideal, um, but again, you, you're handed the ball and then you run forward and find a hole. So running back is probably a little bit easier. There's obviously the blocking schemes and things like that that you have to get on the same page with your team with and build chemistry. Um, but if you're talking about the running back position at face value, probably is one of the easier positions out there to transition to a new team on it and to learn a new playbook and pick things up relatively quickly. Uh, so I think he's just bitter, like I said before, um, and I would not be surprised if – uh, this is the last we've seen of Le'Veon Bell in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, hey, you, you could be – if Tampa Bay wasn't loaded on running backs, I'd say, you know, he'll just join the circus in Tampa Bay. But yeah. um, they don't even – I don't even think they need his services. So, no. yeah, I mean, it's quite possible. Um, you know, I think ever since he left the Steelers, he's gone downhill as far as production. And I, it's just, you know, what does he have left in the tank at this – excuse me, at this point um, – not much that not much I would say really at all so um yeah I mean maybe maybe he gets picked up but but like you said there's a good chance he doesn't and and just a, a bad look and, and, and like you said I mean you're, you're taking the words out of my mouth it's just another guy that can't keep his mouth shut about you know negativity and blasting people and and just make you know making himself look bad so it's just once again just him doing doing what he does yeah, this isn't relevant, but I give Mike Tomlin and that organization a ton of credit for dealing with Bell, Brown, and Roethlisberger all at the same time and being pretty good at tempering, you know, their personalities and, and some of the other things that were going on in that locker room. Obviously, you know, Brown, Bell, and Roethlisberger were, were all very good players and in their prime a few years ago, you know, before they split up. Um, but just dealing with the, the egos and the personalities in the room, I think you have to give Mike Tomlin a ton of credit. Um but yeah, that's all I have on, on Bell. What, what else we got for the pod today? Uh, I'll say one more thing about Le'Veon Bell. Not, not oh, trying yeah. to, you know, keep it alive, but I just I just read here is now uh, Tyron Matthews kind of coming to the rescue for Andy Reid. He said, uh, speaking on Le'Veon Bell, uh, Tyron Matthews says these these type of fellas will blame everybody for their lack of success. So 
That's an absolute shot. I love it. Le'Veon Bell. Um, I'm a big Tyron Matthew fan. Anybody that goes up and and drops some expletives in Tom Brady's face, uh, you're you're on my team. You're on uh, you're on my side of the ball. So, yeah, I'm all I'm all for it. Um, yeah, I, you know, some of these guys just I think they're they think they're untouchable. I, I think Jamal Adams is another one where he can just kind of come and go as he pleases, just do what he pleases. Le'Veon Bell, same thing. Antonio Brown, same thing. Uh, Terrell Owens, same type of guy. Um, yeah, it, it's just, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's a business and it's a results-based business. So if you're not doing your job, you know, they'll find somebody else that, that can fill your spot. Oh, yeah. The the honey badger, man, I love it. He can he can play for my squad any day of the week and twice on Sundays. <laughs> um, I love that. Anything out of Eagles camp, Aaron? What's going on with uh, with the birds? Uh, not, not too much. Not that, I mean, it was Nick Mullins' birthday. What's that? Nick Mullins gonna lead the team. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Damn, you know, you, your memory's better than mine. That's for sure. Um, you know, picked up Nate, Nick Mullins. I mean, he, he, I always thought he wasn't a horrible quarterback. So, I mean, as a backup, but we'll take him. It's another guy that can maybe give, uh, Jalen Hurts some, some tips, some tricks along with uh, Joe Flacco there in, in Eagles camp. I, I like that signing. I mean, it's like a one-year, just a, a bullshit contract. So why not? Why not just throw him on the squad and, you know, you know, worst comes to worst, we have to go to him at some point. You know, hopefully it doesn't come to that. But, yeah, I mean, it's like a no harm, no foul type of signing. I, I can I can deal with that. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, it was Nick, Nick Sirianni's birthday, so I, I'll oh. give the – the coach you know a happy a happy belated birthday at this point I think it was like earlier this week two days ago or so so yeah uh not not too much though man not not too much going on from from what I'm I'm hearing and I've been keeping up with it uh for the most part I mean it's just you know they, they sign guys off waiver wires and and yeah you know guys you'll probably never even hear on the field or or even know their, their last name so just just things like that so far yeah, no, we are getting to the absolute dead period of the NFL offseason. And the Mullins news caught my eye just because I wanted the Jets to sign him as a backup. I also wanted the Jets to sign Flacco as a backup. So you guys are taking <laughs> all of our quarterbacks. And the only one I don't want is Jalen Hurts in, is your starter. Oh, so you guys can uh, keep him and we'll, we'll take Zach Wilson. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get Nick Foles at some point when he eventually gets cut by the Bears or if they can figure out a trade. I'm not really sure. Um, but, yeah. Nothing, nothing much at a Jets camp that I can report. We're just going through OTAs just like everybody else is, and uh, I'm tracking Zach Wilson practice stats. So just like every other normal uh, football fan does for their rookie quarterbacks. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Why, why don't you fill uh, fill the fans in just real quick on a on an NHL breakdown? Just because I know that's that's your bread and butter, and and you know maybe a, a couple of our our listeners are looking forward to that. Who if they made it to the end of the show, they they would have had them you know, listen the whole way through, but uh, if they're hanging, if they're hanging tight, then, uh, you know, maybe hit them with a, a couple of NHL uh, breakdown, a little of NHL breakdown here. Yes. They would have had to have gotten through my piss poor attempt at trying to talk basketball. Uh, hockey's in a great, sp- great spot right now. Um, we have two series going on, one in the East, one in the West. Eastern conference finals is Tampa Bay, New York Islanders. Um, Tampa actually just won last night, uh, Tuesday night, four to two. Uh, they tied up the series one to one. Islanders took game one. So coming back to Long Island at the Coliseum uh, for game three in a couple of days. So that's that's a good series to watch. Tampa came out absolutely flat in game one. Couldn't really get much going. And then um, turned on the Jets last night. 
um, and then came to play. So I think I think I still think I'll take Tampa in that series. I mean, I'd, I'd probably say six games at this point. Um, they just have so much depth, and the Islanders can't hang with them offensively. But it'll be a close series. I don't think um, you know the Tampa's going to rattle off three in a row here to take it in five. But um, you know, probably go six or seven. So. Um, I mean, I, I know this Long Island will be absolutely rocking that building. You know, the, the fans will be taking the roof off that place. Um, so it, at least if you're not a hockey fan, just tune in just to kind of see the atmosphere. It'll be absolutely electric. Um, game one of the Western Conference Finals, uh, Vegas is playing the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Vegas won four to one, uh, which is not really a shock there. I think they, they are completely out outclassing the Canadians all the way up and down the roster. I wouldn't be surprised if that's a sweep. I'll take Vegas in five. Um, but to be honest, I, I expect that to be, I expect the finals to be Vegas and, and somebody else. Obviously it's going to be Tampa or the Islanders, but I, I, I think Vegas and Tampa would be an absolutely phenomenal series. Um, two, two teams that might not have the largest of fan bases out there Two, I guess you could call them small market or mid market teams. Um, but really two of the talented, most talented teams that, I can remember in, in recent memory, um, you know, I, put, I put Colorado in that category as well, who, who lost to Vegas in, in six games in the last series. But um, it'll, be a, it'll be a phenomenal Stanley Cup finals if those two are playing. And, and for me, at least, it'll be appointment television. So those are the two series we have going on. Coming down to the wire here, obviously, NBA is a little bit behind hockey in terms of where they're at in the playoffs. But um, it'll be a good, a good couple last series, um, to, to say the least. Yeah, just just to touch on that briefly, I, I've been trying to keep up as much as much as I can with the with the NHL playoffs here as of late. Um, you know, I turned that that Tampa Bay game on last night just for you know maybe a half hour, or so I was doing other things. But um, yeah, I, I, when when I turned that game on, I was like, okay, maybe the fans just aren't into it yet. I, I was like, dude, this, you could drop a pin in this place, and <laughs> I, I I couldn't believe. Like I I grew up watching a lot of like you know casually watching. I won't say you know, avidly watching, but like Pittsburgh playoffs, uh, Philly playoffs, uh, Capitals playoffs, those places go absolutely like the camera's shaking and like, you know, there's, there's towels being flown, you know, and, you know, everybody's waving the towel, like, like the Pittsburgh Steelers, the terrible towel type idea. Um, you know, I turned the Tampa Bay game on. It's like, I see it's a sellout and then it's like, I don't know. It was just bizarre to me. It was like, you, yeah. there's no, like, yeah, hardly any excitement. You know what I it mean? It was, uh, it got, it got loud there for, for a little bit. I'm not sure when we exactly turned it on, but it was, it was pretty lively in the, in the first couple of, uh, first couple of minutes. I, I won't say that, that Tampa is the greatest. I mean, you know, probably half those fans in there were, were Islander fans because a lot of, uh, New York folks are displaced down there in Tampa when they retire and things like that. So I'm sure there was a large Islanders contingent, which might've led to, to some of the quiet, the quietness in there, but, uh, yeah, still, uh, still a rowdy crowd though, but I guess, I guess not so much on TV. Right. Right. No, I got you. I'm, you know, just the only other thing I'll say about it is I'm just, I'm pulling for Montreal. I think, like you said, I mean, they're, they're kind of overmatched from what I can tell as well. Um, and then I, I really, I would love to see the Islanders at least go the whole way. Cause they're, they're just, they're never really in it. And Tampa Bay is one of those teams where they're, it just doesn't seem like they're bad for long ever. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take the Islanders at least. I hope, I hope they can make it the whole way and, and kind of upset Tampa Bay, I would say. Uh, but I mean, the Islanders have been on fire all year. They, they've kind of been the team uh, to me, at least uh, all year that that's come out of nowhere, I would say. 
Yeah, I, I hope the Islanders get smushed, but that might be just my bias <laughs> going through. Um, but yeah, no, that's uh, that's that's great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if the Canadians can come back and make it a series. I think that'd be great for hockey in general. So hopefully that does happen. But uh, yeah, that's all, that's all I got this week. Appreciate you folks tuning in, Aaron. As always, um, very much enjoyed the pod. And why don't you take us home? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we touched on really just about everything under the sun today, and. You know, if there's still listeners here at the end, I you know I very much appreciate it, and and we'll keep coming at you with with the content with with all the major sports as as we always do. Take us home.